With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege uh, that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio to open God's eternal Word and to study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the Word of God today. We're turning in our Bible to the book of John chapter number 1, and we're continuing our study on the question, Where is the lamb. You remember back over in Genesis chapter 22, verse number 7, Isaac asked his father Abraham, he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham answered and said unto him, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so we started searching for the answer, where is the lamb. And I pointed out to you, first of all, that the lamb is promised in Genesis 22, verse number 8. Then we saw the lamb was pictured in Exodus chapter number 12. And then we saw that the lamb was personified in Isaiah chapter number 53. And we saw those three passages in the Word of God that gave to us definite truths about the answer to Isaac's question, where is the lamb? The lamb is promised, the lamb is pictured, and the lamb is personified. But then on yesterday's broadcast, we turned to John chapter number 1, and we began our study in the New Testament, still searching the pages of the Scripture to find the answer to the question, where is the lamb? I must admit to you, I get rather excited when I start looking at these scriptures and the teaching that we're involved in. I usually say to myself every day after I close the radio broadcast, I've got to slow down. I need to quit getting so excited about it. But friend, I have the touch of God upon my life and the preach of God in me. And when I get to thinking about these great truths, it's almost impossible that I contain myself. I enjoy the study of the Word of God, and I hope that God will pass some of the joy and the blessings of the study on to you as you listen by way of radio. But notice now in your Bible, in John 1, 29, John is down by Jordan baptizing. Notice what the Bible said. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Here we see the Lamb is presented. And I pointed out to you three different truths about this portion of the Word of God. We look, first of all, at the proclamation of the Lamb. Behold, stop, look upon, gaze upon, See what's standing in your presence. Behold, 
the Lamb of God. Then we saw the person of the Lamb. He's called the Lamb of God. Nowhere in the Old Testament do we find that expression. But here he's called the Lamb of God. You remember back over in the book of Exodus, we read where Moses said to the people of Israel down in Egypt, he talked about a lamb. He talked about the lamb. And then he talked about your lamb. But now we're presented with the lamb of God. This is that burnt offering that Abraham spoke about when he said God will provide himself a sacrifice for a burnt offering. So we see in the word of God, there's a proclamation, behold, the lamb of God. There is the person of that lamb. He's the lamb of God. But then we got carried away yesterday on looking at the last part, the purpose of that lamb. What is the purpose of the lamb of God? The Bible said, which well, taketh away the sin of the world. Now, on yesterday, we were nearing the end of the broadcast, and I rushed through this to get it all in on the broadcast yesterday. But I want to back up for just a few moments and review it and slow down and allow these truths to sink into our heart from the Word of God. You see, there was nowhere in the Bible that indicated that the sacrifices of the Old Testament would take away sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 4, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. So it was not possible for any of those Old Testament sacrifices, bulls or goats or whatever it might be, to take away the sin of the people. The sin remained. As a matter of fact, I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 10 and look at the first three or four verses. The Bible said in verse 1 of Hebrews 10, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things which could never with those sacrifices which they offered year after year continually make the comer thereunto perfect. Verse 2 said, For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged would have no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. So there was no taking away of the guilt of sin in the blood of the sacrifices of the Old Testament. I mentioned on yesterday, we do have in typology, in Leviticus 16, where the two goats were selected. One of them was offered as a sacrifice, his blood shed. And then the other was the scapegoat. And upon him was placed the sins of the nation of Israel. And he bore them away. There you have a picture of it. But nowhere in the Old Testament were the sins taken away through the sacrifice of the animals there. You see, my friend, in one sense, the Old Testament sacrifice, if I could use a current expression, it just paid the interest on the note that we owed and renewed the note 
for us. And I speak in banking terms there. But friend, I want to tell you, Christ did not come just to pay the interest and renew the note. No, he came to pay it in full and take away the sin of the world. I said to you on yesterday, it must have been a great day for Job when Job discovered that his transgressions is sealed up in a bag and God had showed up his iniquity. And it must have been a great day for Isaiah when he learned that God had cast his sin behind his back. And then it must have been a great day for David when he learned as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. But I want to tell you, friend, again, those were pre-Calvary. Let me take just a moment and give you scripture references in case you want to look them up. The Bible said in Job fourteen seventeen, My transgressions is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. Now, friend, that's got to be a great day in the life of Job. And then the Bible said in Isaiah 38, verse number 17, For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Now, that's got to be a great day in the life of Isaiah. Then David said, an often quoted verse of Scripture in Psalms 103, verse number 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And that's got to be a great day in the life of David when he learns that truth. And then Micah said in Micah 7, 19, He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Now here we find four Old Testament prophets giving to us a description of sin being put away from their presence. Job said he sold my iniquity up in a bag. Isaiah said he cast my sin behind God's back. And David said so far as east is from the west, he removed our transgressions from us. And then Micah said he cast them into the depths of the sea. But please hear this preacher today. It does not matter if they're in the depths of the sea, if they're removed as far as east is from the west, if they're cast behind God's back, or if they're sewed up in a bag. The fact remains, the sin remained. It was not done away with. It may have been put off at a little distance from them, but the sin remained. But thank God when Christ Jesus went to Calvary, God put upon him the sin of us all. The Bible said in 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 1 and verse number 2, My little children, these things write out unto you, that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And the Bible said in Hebrews 2, 9, that he, by the grace of God, tasted death for every man. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on 
the tree. You see, my friend, God placed the sin of the world upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and he goes to Calvary and dies, not to sew my sin up in a bag, not to remove it as far as east is from the west, not to cast it behind God's back, not to cast it into the depth of the sea, but to take away the sin of the world. Notice the text again. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You say, preacher, where are our sins? Well, I must be honest with you. I really don't know. And you don't know. And I'm glad the devil don't know. And God forgot what he did with him. Where did they go? The last time I saw my sins in the word of God, Christ had them in his body on the tree, coming down, they buried him. He went down into the heart of the earth, took my sins with him. And when he got up, my sins did not get up. My sins, as the songwriter said, the children sing it, gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. So he said, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He's promised in Genesis 22, pictured in Exodus 12, personified in Isaiah 53. But thank God he's presented in John chapter 1, verse 29. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white, it's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh,